Well, hello everyone. Hey, it's uh, one of my favorite times of church. It's time for announcements. You get to look at me, tell you what's going on. Even though my hat's on, these announcements are no cap. That's how the kids say these are true. Uh, hopefully uh, that went over well. I don't know, probably not. Anyway, time for some announcements. Uh, our groups are meeting this week. We've started two new groups. Uh, Celebrate Recovery will be meeting this Thursday at 5.30 p.m. We also have Grief Share available on Sunday evenings. They meet at 6 p.m. here at the church Sunday evenings in the Noah's Art Room. Men's and Women's Bible Studies are still going strong Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. A few events coming up in a few weeks. Uh, December 6th is our next One More Youth Night. Uh, we really have a great time uh, with our teenagers here at the church. We meet the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, we always have a great time. We play games. We learn about the Bible. We worship. There's food. So bring your kids. If you are a middle schooler or a high schooler, come join us. It'll be our Christmas party. So we're encouraging uh, everybody who shows up to wear something Christmassy. It can be an ugly Christmas sweater, a beautiful one. I don't know, but just show up. Also coming up that week, December 8th, we're excited about our Christmas VBS. Uh, the kids always have a great time uh, when we do these. Uh, December 8th, we'll be opening the doors at 6 for the kids, 6 to 8.30. Those are the times. There's more info on the app. We always need volunteers to make those events possible. So if you can, uh, sign up to volunteer on the app. If you want to register your kids, you can do that on the app as well. Following day, December 9th, 9 a.m., we'll be at Bay of Honda Beach for baptisms there. Again, it's another awesome time. Uh, we sing a couple songs of acoustic worship, and then we go baptize people. So if you're interested in being baptized, it's a super important thing to do. Guess what? Sign-ups are available on the app. We want to make sure you get a T-shirt. Uh, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. We'll have Christmas Eve service info soon. Uh, but before we get ready for church... Uh, this weekend, we are honoring our veterans. So to honor them, uh, let's play this video.
Everybody online, we're uh, getting ready to hop into worship and uh, remembering the veterans as we go and honoring them. Uh, Kingdom Revealed, part seven. We're going to talk about rivers and mountains today. Before we do that, we're going to have our time in worship. Glad to be able to do this with you. So get comfy, get your Bible, get ready, because here we go. Woo! I I do want to take another moment, if we can, um, it's Veterans Day. We want to honor and pray for and bless the veterans. So if you're a veteran, uh, we'll just keep you for a minute. Would you just stand up, please, so that we can pray for you? And the veterans stand up. Thank you, guys. Lord, we thank you for those standing today. We pray your blessing on them. Thank you for their willingness to serve and to sacrifice. And uh, we pray, God, that you would be with them and, and their families, and bless them, and we are grateful for them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you. Good morning, family. It is wonderful to see your faces and hear your voices. We are so looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do, although I think most of you know the flow by now. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to all their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Kingdom Revealed Part 7. And it's really good, guys. Pastor Steve's always digging out new, interesting ways for us to look at things and understand things. So before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, this morning, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the privilege of gathering with brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. we thank you that it's your desire for us to come together as family to do life together as we settle into your throne room this morning papa We ask that you would help us to take up a posture of worship. That you would help us focus fully on your face. So we can see you more clearly. know you more fully and love you more deeply. And Papa, 
all we can do in your presence is say thank you and we love you. You are so, so good to us. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, our refuge and our strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church and grant that what we ask faithfully, we may surely obtain. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance that we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now, and I always try to encourage us all, sing out, lift your voices, participate. It makes a big difference when we're singing and worshiping together. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able. He inhabits the praises of his people.
who overcame the grave. There's only one who's worthy of all praise. And in his hands, the keys of death and hell. And in his name, a power that can by his blood, our sins are washed away. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is wonderful. Nation. 
Shame has lived. 
tide rolls till the earth knows you are God of love. Let my dry bones sing a new song. All the glory to the God of love. Sing all the glory, all the glory. To the God of love, sing all the glory, all the glory. To the God of love. Troubles, we see an army. You see troubles. We see an army. You see troubles. We see an army. You see troubles. We see a sing that with me. You see dry bones. We see an army. You see dry bones. We see an army. You see dry bones. We see an army. You see dry bones. Please, one more time. Here we go. You see dry bones. We see an army. You see dry bones. We see an army. You see dry bones. We see an army. So, so thankful, God, for your presence here, how good you are to us, and that revival is in the air stirring amongst us, God. You're good. We love you. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. Oh, God, you're so good, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Okay. Ooh, oh, airplane. Cool. Okay. Good morning, boys and girls. So happy to see you all. Yeah. And guess what? Today we're going to hear about the worst day ever, right? But God made it into the best news ever for his people. Are you ready to listen? Okay, so the story of Jesus can be found right from beginning to end. 
can be found in four books called the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we find, right, that after Jesus, right, was arrested and after he was put on trial, he was taken away by soldiers. And the soldiers, they made fun of him because he said he was king. And they hurt Jesus, and they put a crown of thorns on his head, and they put a robe on his back, and they pretended to bow down to him. And then Jesus was put on a cross, and a sign was put above his head that read, This is Jesus, right? The King of the Jews. And did you know that two other people were crucified with Jesus? One to his right and one to his left? You did know that. That's awesome. Well, guess what happened next? The whole area became dark, even though it was the afternoon, right? And Jesus cried out, and his words are recorded for us in Matthew chapter 27, verse Verse 46, he said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? At that point, Jesus felt the pain of all the sins on him in separation from God, right? And then Jesus cried out again. He said, it is finished. And Jesus died. And suddenly, the curtain in the temple it tore from top to bottom and there was an earthquake and the Roman soldiers and those standing by who saw all these things happening said, this surely was the son of God. Jesus was buried in a tomb and a large stone was rolled in front of it and Pilate's soldiers Right? They stood guard to make sure that nothing happened to the body. Boys and girls, Jesus could have stopped this at any time, but he chose to do this. He chose to die in our place, right? To pay for our sins. So when we trust in Jesus, we are forgiven of our sins and we have life with him forever. Isn't that good news? Thumbs up. Cool. Yay. Do you have a question? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Where do our sins go? The Bible tells us that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far our transgressions are from us. Just go away. It's forgiven. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Cool. Good question. Yes, God. Yes. You didn't know that Jesus died on the cross. That's so good. Good job. Good. All right, guys. So you ready? We're going to do the Bible verse together, okay? With one voice. Matthew 27, 46. Very good. Excellent. My God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? Excellent work, boys and girls. Good job, kids. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. 
Yeah. But also, why that's happening. Hey, will you kids help me sing happy birthday to somebody? It's Robert's birthday right there. Third row. So, we're going to sing him happy birthday. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy birthday. Dear Robert, happy birthday to you. Good job. All right, Pastor Jordine is going to pray for you. You guys ready? Okay, let's bow our heads and close our eyes, okay? Okay. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending Jesus to save us, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to love him and know him more and more each day, Lord God. Thank you so much for Jesus. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Have fun in children's church. Learn well. Behave. Snacks. Snacks. Crafts. Snacks. Happy times. We got one that needs help with the sticker before he's participating, apparently. That's how I feel most of my life. Where'd everybody go? Totally. That was like a picture of 8 o'clock. Yeah. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you as well. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that QR code that just popped up on the screens here, um, that is a will take you to some very helpful things on our website. Uh, there is, uh, if you go follow that with your smartphone on a camera, right? Boom. Um, it'll take you to the. Uh, Digital Connect card. We'd love for you to fill that out if you hadn't. Name, phone number, email address. Uh, it'll also take you to the fill-in notes where you can follow along with what we're saying. And also at 9, 30, and 11, it'll take you to our translation system. And uh, it will simultaneously translate into 30 different languages. So it's very cool. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? If you need that. Uh, really, we got one really smart guy up front who just... <laughs> who knows 30 languages? No. Uh, we have 30 people that know that. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, anyway, we talk about the QR codes and the camera. So we have posters around with some things on them. And there was a guy here last night, and he, he really liked the idea of the listening assistance situation. And he wanted to take a picture of the poster to go back to his church with. But every time he pointed his camera at the poster, it focused on a QR code. <laughs> he looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to find somebody younger to figure that out because... <laughs> I'm sure there's a workaround, but I don't know it. No, uh-uh, absolutely not. Was, anyway. I thought, don't we have an extra poster we could give the poor guy, know. you know, but no. Don't, don't have those floating around. Yeah. Uh, we pray for our neighbors when we gather corporately. We do this to reinforce something we've asked you to do every day. Please pray for the people who live around you. What a difference that makes. So think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. 
Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're pressing on in the series we're doing called Kingdom Revealed. We're doing sort of a deep look into the first two chapters of Genesis. I'll talk more about that as we uh, move forward here. We've covered a lot of neat things, but uh, let me not do two big introductions. Let me move right to the jokes. Oh, yay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up coin collecting. I've decided that the change will do me good. Yeah, great. Totally, yes. The change. Pastor Billy sent me this one. This is, yeah. And he's not here now to cheer it on. Albert Einstein was a genius. Yes, he was. But his brother Frank was a monster. Frankenstein. Yeah. The next one is horrible. I just want to tell you right off the bat, it had to be explained to me. You'll get it. My parents said I had no direction in life. So I packed up all my stuff and write. Packed up my stuff and left. He has no sense of direction. Okay, that was bad. Even Crystal, who always gets it, said it was bad. On that note, yes. I'm going to leave it to You're you, please. So happy that pray. That was I was so, so it's like the perfect joke. I know. Pray, pray, and lead us in the word, please. I'll try. Let's take a beat and pray and focus on the Lord, and then we'll read the word together. Thank you, Papa. Lord, you're so good to us, and we thank you for those rivers of peace that you flow through us, Lord. I pray today that nobody would leave here without knowing you see them. You see every hair on their head. You see everything they're going through, and you care. So, Papa, just bless these people today, your children, and all those that are watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? We're going to go to the opposite end of the Bible this morning and read out of Revelation 22, starting at verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. In Jesus, blessed be the word of God. Amen. Okay, so we are digging pretty deeply into the first two chapters of Genesis, and I know I had Alice read from the end of the book today, Revelation 22, but in the very first week that we started this series, I encouraged you, if you've never done it before, to read Genesis 1 and 2, and then jump right away into Revelation 21 and 22, and do it again, and maybe do it again, and you will start to see connections that you may have missed, and that's part of why we're doing this series. So we're still in Genesis chapter 2. We're seven weeks into the series. And the reason is that there are so many things setting up here in the first couple of chapters, and really in the first like 11 chapters of Genesis, that if you see them, it opens up the rest of the Bible to you in ways that I think 
draws life. And so my... My whole thing is, so we could get together, and, and it's an important thing to do. We could come and we could talk about how we're supposed to live life as believers. We've spent years doing that, and different. those, those are important things. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I had this thought that I don't want you to approach the Bible like it's a rule book on how to live. I want you to approach it knowing that uh, it draws you, if you allow it, it draws you in deeper into a relationship with God. And we're always making those kind of choices. Do I, do, is that what I want? Do I want relationship with God? Which requires something on my end, really, it does. Cause I gotta, like any relationship, it, it's, it's movement, right? It's not a reward system, but it's just, I have to be open and available and make choices to move that way. Or, is it just easier to go, you know what, just let me know the rules and I'll do them. Or try or break them, or whatever. But we sort of are conditioned to taking that easier route, which is just tell me the rules and I'll deal with the, either following them or not. And it's not the heart of God. The Bible, this divinely inspired literature, is designed to draw you into a closer relationship with God throughout the course of your life. It's, it's amazing in so many ways. And as believers with Holy Spirit, we're to read it, and it's, we've been saying this forever, it's never like a one and done situation. And even though a lot of believers haven't even read it, but even if you like read it once, you're not finished. It's designed that you hang out with it every day, day and night, and that the more that you do, the closer your relationship will develop with God. And so rather than trying to give you a list of here's the four things you do and the, you know, the two things you never do and the one thing maybe sometimes and the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this, is that you learn from the scripture that it draws you closer to God and then God gives you the wisdom that you need on how to live. Uh, the, the old adage is, you know, you, if you're hungry, someone could give you a fish, but if they teach you to fish, then, then you've got something. And so that's what we're going to take the time to do. We're going to take some time, and if you wonder, why is he talking about trees again? Or why is he talking, why are we still in Genesis 2? How long can you talk on Genesis 2? Probably my whole life. But uh, <laughs> I will not. But we're not done yet. And, and so that's why we're doing this, and we're picking up symbols now, pictures that are there on purpose, that you will see if you're looking for them throughout the Scripture, and it begins to make the Bible make sense, and it'll draw you closer to God as you go. So that's what's behind it. So what we've said, uh, you know, the first six weeks or so, real quick, like Genesis 1, I said, is a picture of a cosmic temple. The earth was uh, empty and formless, so, so God forms it and fills it, and then he rests on it. His presence fills this cosmic temple he's made it. That's Genesis 1. That's the ideal. Genesis 2, it, it looks like it ought to sort of keep going with things, but it actually, it paints more of a picture of the reality than the ideal. Here's the ideal, but then we're, we're going to get involved and quickly mess it up. So there's a reality there. And you, you start to see there's some differences. And we've, we've talked about how, uh, over the last couple of weeks that, that it was dry desert sort of, and then a stream kind of pops up. Water comes from the ground. And then people out of that water and clay, God works with that. And then there's trees. And, and I've said, so throughout the Bible, there's these connections between water and people and trees. And then we, we focused in on the people for a while, and we talked about being imagers. Everybody with me? And that's more of a verb than it is a, a noun. We're the, we're the royal priesthood. We talked about that. We have vocation to go and make the planet like Eden. And then we spent a couple of weeks talking about trees and how they produce fruit, just like people uh, are supposed to produce fruit. They both have seed in them. There's connections. 
And then last week we focused in on the the tree of life and the tree of knowing good and evil. And that ultimately what I said, what what the choice is, is who you're going to listen to in life. Will you listen to God, the the tree of life? Will Will you wait for Him and trust in Him? Or will you decide that you can't wait for Him and you're going to reach out and take what you're not supposed to have, that you're not ready for yet, and take what you want and cause problems? And we, and, and one of those ways leads to life and to blessing and one leads to death and to curse. And that's the choice that we have. And we really developed that last week. If you didn't hear that or see that, you should probably watch that again. Um, so we have all these things in place. Now today what I want to do is talk about mountains and rivers. And then we're going to make some connections uh, in springing forward. Remember, the Bible's connected. I showed you that one picture. 64,000 hyperlinks, if you would, connections, cross-references in the Bible. It's so intricately woven that we almost can't fathom what's happening. But let's talk about mountains for a minute or high places. And you will encounter, as you read through the Bible, lots of mountains and high places. And it starts right here in Genesis 2. A river, verse 10, watering the garden flowed from Eden, and from there it was separated into four headwaters. And so it, it, it's not, it doesn't actually come out and say, like in big print, so there's this mountain with Eden in it. But Eden is a high enough place that river can flow out of it, and ultimately rivers that water everything around it. All right, so it's a it's a picture that you're supposed to see by reading it that that this temple, this cosmic temple garden, is a high place. It's on a mountain, and most of the time when you read the scriptures, you'll see a lot of activity with mountains, and that in the mountains are these heaven and earth connections that we talk about all the time. And it was just the way that they looked at them. These high places, these mountains. There's things happening, and so it starts off right off in Genesis 2. And you have to make that connection because that understanding will find itself repeated over and over again through the Bible storyline. There's this connection. Ezekiel talks about it this way, Ezekiel 28. You were in Eden, the garden of God. That was verse 13, verse 14. You were on the holy mount or mountain of God. So uh, things happen in mountains and high places and most of the time it's to draw you back to what's happening in the very beginning. Throughout the scripture, you're being drawn back into this Genesis 1 and 2 account over and over and over again. Uh, the plans for the tabernacle were actually given to Moses uh, in a high place, uh, on a mountain, Mount Sinai, and it's the same mountain where he had the encounter with God in the burning bush, and then uh, later on, Moses is called up to the mountain, Exodus twenty four fifteen. Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord, just think about that, I'm going to talk about that again in a minute, settled on Mount Sinai. And for six days, the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day, seventh days are important, just be looking for them, the seventh day, uh, this is when God rested on the temple, right? Uh, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Uh, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Long time up there with God. If you 
kept reading that story, you'd see that the Israelites go just way off the rails while <laughs> Moses is gone. They get mad and do all sorts of horrible things. But what was Moses doing up there is that God was giving him directions on how to build the tabernacle. Because after the fall, we lost that heaven and earth connection that God wants. And so right after he rescues his people in the Exodus, like the first thing on his heart is, make me a place where I can come and be so that we're, there's a heaven and earth connection again called the tabernacle. And at some point in this series, we'll, we'll spend some time and hang out with the, the directions for the tabernacle. Really, it's like a micro-Eden. Uh, it's, it's the same things that are in the garden are here pictured in the tabernacle and later on in the temple. And that, that happens fairly often. But it's up on a mountain where all this happens. And he says to uh, Moses, have them make me a sanctuary and I will dwell among them, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. So it was very important. Happens on a high place, on a mountain. And as you read through, I don't have time, but but you'll you'll see that lots of things happen on mountains and high places, good and bad. Well, why would there be bad things that happen? Situations like um, the uh, the worship of false gods, uh, the little E Elohim, is often uh, called and referred to as things that happen. They build altars to them on high places. Why? Because the enemy is constantly twisting what God does, and he's counterfeiting it into something else. Like, well, this is good enough. This is, but it's not. It's not the. But it's trying. He's trying to copy off of the actual, and to make it something else. And so, a lot of times, you need to be looking in the mountain in a high place. And is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Because the enemy will counterfeit what God is doing all the time, and you need to be aware of it. I was on a mission trip once in uh, Belize, and on one of the days that we were exploring around, there's Mayan temples there. And I thought, oh, I'd like to, it's pretty high. I'd like to go up on that Mayan temple and have a look around because that seemed like pretty cool. I hadn't really thought about it. And uh, so I climbed it. I went up to the top of this Mayan temple. It was flat on top. And when I got onto the top of the temple, I was overwhelmed with a prevailing sense of evil. It was. It hit me like... <gasps> and, and all of a sudden there was a connection that lots of bad things have happened at the top of this Mayan temple. And I came back and researched it later, and they used to do horrific things sacrificially on the top of those temples. And hundreds of years after any of that had taken place, the remnant, you could feel it, palpable. And, uh, and so bad things are sometimes happening in high places. They're counterfeit, and we need to be aware of that. So when you're reading through the Scripture, mountains, lots of good things happen, some bad things happen, but it's drawing your eye back to this beginning mountain-temple connection that we have with God in Eden. Now, what we also have is rivers, and uh, uh, rivers are important, and this particular river that starts, it's fascinating, it's this little stream that becomes quite the river. Let's look as we carry on in Genesis 2. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, from there it was separated into four headwaters, and the name of the first is the Pishon, and it winds through the entire land of Havilah. So you all know about that, and I like to say Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. Uh, the name of the second river is the Gihon, and it winds through the entire land of Cush. You guys know about that. Doesn't need explanation. <laughs> The name of the, I'll come back to it. The name of the third river is the Tigris and it runs along the east side of the Asher, east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. No more description on that. Each of those names, what you need to know, is associated with a very important part of geography in the Bible story. And it's already this picture of, 
See, what ha- what the, the picture is that God has the tree of life there, and then out of there is flowing this river of life that he wants to, and it's a picture of things flowing out of Eden into the world, and what we're supposed to know is that we're to take this the, uh, the, the life that's there, partner with him as the royal priesthood, and go to the rest of the planet and make it like Eden. That's the heart of God. That's the dynamic of it. That's our vocation. The fall blows that up. But everything is being set up. That you see these rivers are going to flow out of Eden and bring this life everywhere. That's what God wanted to do. Well, the, the Pishon is the Sinai Peninsula. It's sort of northern Egypt. If you get a look at a map, you'll see there's northern and southern Egypt. And then northern Egypt goes up into that area now where if just to the other side of that is where uh, Israel is. And lots of stuff going on there, as there always has been. But horrible stuff. Keep them in prayer, please. The Gihon, Cush, uh, is the southern part of Egypt. Uh, it's uh, the upper part of the Nile comes out of that area. Uh, Ethiopia is, is there. The Tigris uh, is Assyria. And the Assyrians are going to play big in this future story because they're going to take the northern part of Israel into captivity. Uh, and then the Euphrates is Babylon, another big player in the Bible story. And most of these places will set up these false kingdoms and go after God's true kingdom. And that's the way that they play into the story. Uh, And so you need to be aware of those things as you read about what's happening. So let me sort of figure out where we are now, and then I'm going to jump into the future. Uh, Well, mostly past for us, but there's some future in there, but their future. So that you see why there's hope, even though we've messed up God's ideal, but it's coming back. All right. So, very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 2, we're on page 2. Uh, what we have happening so far uh, here is that uh, there's a super, very, very dry place. It's a desert in the beginning of Genesis 2, and then up comes this little sort of spring of water uh, that's happening, and that water starts to make things alive, you know, it makes things green. It's a source of life uh, for plants and animals, and it's there that God puts and creates a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, and he places them there, and his heart is that he wants uh, people to partner with him to make the entire world full of life the way it's going there in Eden, uh, and it's to replicate this awesome garden experience that they're having with God in his presence. And that tiny little spring that springs up in Genesis 2 turns into this river that could provide this sort of life-giving water for everyone. But even with this water, this life-giving water, everything perfect, somewhere deep within people is this sort of, the picture is this thirst that can't be quenched. Like even though they have everything, everything, they think they want more. Can you relate to that at all? That just a little more? And, and so this more that they're after in the story is they decide that they, uh, they want wisdom. And they want, they want control. They don't, they want to make the rules. They don't want to follow rules, even though that's not God's heart. He wants to partner with them. They'll do it all together. But they decide they can bypass God. This thirst needs to be quenched. And so they take what they're not supposed to take. Again, that whole last week, right? God, God wants to give you wisdom, but He's going to give it on His time as you're ready. And if you don't wait, you take, you get ahead of God. And that's where all the problems happen. And it happened there. And as a result, they're, they're sort of cut off from life. And they're exiled into the dryness again, into the desert. That's the picture. And it's into that that God has to move to fix things um, 
for them because he loves us. And so that's what we're going to see happens with Jesus. God's going to come, fully God, fully man, and he's going to set things right. But these pictures now are all in place. So I want to make some connections real quick before we're done. So as I said, we have this cosmic temple, this heaven and earth connection. It's on a mountain. It's a high place right in, right in the middle is the tree of life. And it's not the, it's not the fruit on the tree that's magical or something. It represents God as the giver of life right in the middle of the garden. And out of the, out of that flows the river of life. And, and that's the picture that you have from uh, the beginning of our story. And then we blow all that up. But look what's happening now. And let me tell you this. We're going to spend some time with the Apostle John today. John and Isaiah in the Old Testament, we're going to spend some time with him in the next few weeks. They have this amazing way. All the writers do, but I love these guys for the way they tie the story in. And when you see the connections, all of a sudden the story just opens right up. Okay, so look... We had this tabernacle. Well, Jesus is a tabernacle when he comes. The word became flesh. The word is Jesus and made his dwelling. That word is tabernacle. He, he made his tent. He made he, amongst us. Uh, and it's a heaven and earth connection. That's Jesus. The perfect heaven and earth connection, really. Fully God, fully man. He arrives on the scene. He tabernacles. Later he'll call himself the temple. Tear it down. I'll bring it back in three days. So that's the picture that's being there. And we have seen his glory. Remember I told you to remember glory? The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So the Apostle John introduces us into this tabernacle. Jesus is also a river of life. Wow. Uh, do you remember that he meets a woman at a well? Most of you know that story. And uh, asks for water, and, and you know they go, kind of go back and forth about that. And then ultimately he offers her water that would quench her thirst forever. Uh, and uh, John 4.10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. He's not talking about well water. He's talking about God's life that comes through him that satisfies that deep thirst and longing that we all have. Uh, later on, Jesus says this in John 7, uh, 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, that festival there is the Feast of Tabernacles. None of this stuff is by coincidence. Tabernacles is a picture of what's coming. Alice was sort of reading it in the future, this heaven and earth connection again. And throughout the ceremony is this water being poured over everything because it's the realization that that's life, right? And uh, he says in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Now, a little later on in the story, John 19, we're going to move Jesus is uh, he's arrested and he's found guilty in a mock trial and he's made to carry his cross to Golgotha, which is Mount Moriah. It's on another mountain. You, you need to see it's a, it's a high place. And, and there on this high place, he is nailed to the cross. And the cross is often referred to as a tree in the book of Acts. And uh, that tree is lifted up. Look, John 19.6. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. And so the soldiers took charge of Jesus. And carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him and uh, with him two others. That's with his kid verse, right? One on each side. This, this, and Jesus in the middle. He's on a tree in the middle, lifted up on a mountain. And, and on purpose, you're supposed to go, oh, that's, what was, that's the Genesis 1 and 2 account. But there was a cosmic temple, there was a tabernacle on the mountain, and right in the middle, right in the middle was the tree of life that was representing God. And, and, well, there should be some, I should have some water coming out of that picture. Wow. Well, 
Look what happens. John 19, 33. When they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they didn't break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Well, that's weird. Because what you get blood, right? Why water? Well, it's, it's a picture showing, again, the, the image of Jesus as the fountain of life. And his death is a fountain of life. And it completes the picture. It's what you needed. Because you needed the, the tree. And, and God, you know, there is a picture of that. And you needed the mountain experience. And you needed the tabernacle, heaven and earth. And then you, you need rivers of water being. And it's all right there happening at that incredible moment. And then after Jesus defeated death and raised again. Look, John seven thirty seven going back. On the last and greatest day of that festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom uh, those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So because of what Jesus does there and finishes that picture, now we're filled as believers with Holy Spirit, which is why the Apostle Paul says this when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which he talked about. He's, he's basically saying that the fruit of Eden starts growing in us, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is everything that was perfect, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We, we become like these little fruit-bearing trees. And, and we become these little rivers of life-giving water. And we're helping people now back to our original location move towards the promised city that's coming down from heaven. The heavenly Jerusalem that's going to come back to earth that Alice read about in Revelation 22. And, and this picture of this heavenly city is just what it should be. It's a high mountain garden city that flows with the river of life. It's the, it's the finishing of the circles, which he's so good at. The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. It's a restoration. It's the renewal of the garden. And, and we've been restored. When you come to Jesus filled with Holy Spirit, your vocation is restored. We're helping people find it and make their way back to it. That, that there's a way back. We were exiled, but now there's a way back in Jesus because of what he's done. And, and we're, we're to help people find that and move back towards that. One of the things that happened for me when I read the Bible like that and I see that it's not random at all, and I see how amazing God is. It, it just makes me appreciate even more the fact that he loves me, given what a mess I am. And how this amazing God loves me and loves you. And the lengths that he's gone to for us to have life. And reading the scriptures to do that is like, oh my goodness. Look what he's done. Look what he's doing. Look what he's promised. And it draws us closer to him. Okay, ministry team. Head over to the wall. I'm talking too long today. I'm actually going to put a pin in the series for now um, because I want to talk about Thanksgiving next week and then Advent for a few weeks. But all of it's going to come out of Isaiah. He's the other guy I told you about who really makes connections. And we're going to look at connections just focused on where we're at in the weeks. But then we'll see what we've been talking about, how that, how you start to make those connections. And then uh, in the new year, I'll take the pin out because i got a lot to talk about yet in Genesis 2. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Is he done? No, he's just putting a pin there. How long does that last? A long time. Uh, but panic not. We're going to keep learning. And uh, listen, this every you're invited into this story with Jesus. That's the whole. That's what it's all about. I want you to know how much God loves you and what He's done to be in relationship with you. That you go, wow, and that it's it's so much more than I think we often allow it to be. And and the way in is to say yes to Jesus. He's inviting you into a story. You respond. You say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? If you've never done that, please do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And we saw Holy Spirit comes. Everything changes. Is anyone thirsty? I love that passage of Scripture as Steve was talking about it this week. And that was what he wanted to do. I... I had this impression that there's some of us in the spirit and we're actually like dehydrated and we haven't soaked in his presence long enough and spent time with him. And if that's you this morning, if you feel like your life is just a dry desert place, you need an influx of the Holy Spirit, some joy, some hope, some healing. Let one of our prayer team pray with you this morning and and get some encouragement. Amen. Amen. Yeah, get filled back up. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you, church, for being so generous, for all that you do. Thank you for being faithful to giving, tithing, offering, all those cool things. It allows us to do so much here and all over the world. Let's sing doxology, and uh, we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Prayer is over there if you need it. These doors are open. Head out that way. Operation Christmas Child is underway. If you want to get involved, grab one of the shoe boxes and fill it up. We need it back by the 19th. Have a great day. Get out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to each other in a parking lot. Bye. Thanks for watching, everybody, and uh, for being a part. Next week, Isaiah. Oh, it's, it's already. I'm just, some, these are going to be fun. There, there's a feast. Next week, we're going to talk about on a mountain in Isaiah. So get ready. So, it's cool. But next week doesn't start Advent, correct? No, this is a Thanksgiving message. Okay. And right, then cool. we're going to get into Advent from cool. there. Cool. All right. So we hope to see you soon, guys. God bless. Bye bye.